0: You are listening to Freedom Church STL. If you would like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit freedomchurchstl.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy this message. I want you to turn to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, starting in verse 1. And yes, this was not a joke. We are going to deal with this thing called the Reformation. Does anybody have any background knowledge of the Reformation? Anything? There was a guy named Martin Luther. You ever heard that name? Yes. Have you ever heard that name? Not Martin Luther King. That's, that's, this goes even further back than that. It's further back than that, right? It's all the way back into the 1500s. Something went down that whether you realize it or not is a part of your church history of what you're experiencing even right now. Something happened in the church experience back in the 1500s that you in this time frame are, are the beneficiaries of. And what I want to do is, is I want to show you what was, what was pushed and what was done at this time, how it's still important to us today, and how if we are not careful, we will go back. We will sit in a building of a Reformed church and yet live a life and walk through an experience of a religion that is pre-Reformation. I know all of you are sitting there going, man, this sounds so exciting. Oh, this sounds good. It's good, I'm telling you. It's really good. I already know where we're going. It's really good. It's really good. But let's get into this. Let's, get, let's do some church history in this first because you have to understand something. This is your church history, whether you knew it or not, whether, you knew, whether you're like first-generation churchgoer, whether you're somebody that your whole family's been in the church for years and generations, this, this, you are affected by what went down on a day back in 15, I think it was back in 1517. So let me just break down what's going on. Everybody always talks about the Reformation and how it's how. It, I, I I just laugh when I even just said that sentence. Everybody always talks about the Reformation as if that's what you guys said around the bonfire talking about last night. You know, when we're all just sitting around chatting about the things of the day and we bring up Martin Luther and the Reformation, you know those times, right? It's, we're sitting at Chili's, right? We're doing some nachos. Let's talk about Martin Luther, right? But when we look back and you look back in this time frame of history, what we see then, what's going down is, is the Catholic Church of the day. And listen, I want to say this right up front So nobody, because I I understand, people are going to think that I'm attacking the Catholic church. I'm going against the Catholic church. I'm not. You have to understand what was being pushed against back then had nothing to do with the church or a label of a church. It was a spirit that had taken over the church. And I'll show you that. And I want to show you that the fact that this spirit, this thing that has tried to creep in, has been there from the beginning, and it keeps trying to creep back in whether you're in a Catholic building or whether you're in a Baptist building or whether you're in a charismatic, even Pentecostal, yes, even us, right? That, even us, right? And I always tell everybody, I always ask, if, you, if you've ever asked somebody, hey, what kind of church is, is freedom? Just tell them it's, it's Pentecostal. Uh, we're, we're creating a new denomination called Pentecostal. Uh, we're trying to get that uh, recognized by the government. We're working on it. We're working on it. <laughs> But everybody always talks about the Reformation. Again, I laugh when I say that, but when we think about it, when you look back at history, you think, oh, it's, it's this pushing back uh, against the doctrines of the Catholic Church and, and the wickedness of the Catholic Church. And yeah, the Catholic Church is bad, and we need to get out of there. And I hear people say this all the time. I hear people literally say, because like I've always said this, if you're in St. Louis, you've spent time at a Catholic Church. Like If you don't, they kick you out of St. Louis, Right. It's just how it is. Like, it, it's just what it is, right? You didn't do that, in, but, but you were in Potosi, so that didn't count. Uh, I'm just, well, I'm just saying, we can't take the girl out of Potosi, but that's all right. We're working on it. And you think that, that we like, oh, I, I got out of the Catholic church and I'm never going back. And, and there's kind of this mindset of like, oh, I'm free from that kind of mentality or that mindset. Listen, this is not about a building. This is not this is not a pushback it was a pushback against and what went down was there was a group of people and and they always stamped the name martin luther on this they always stamped the name martin luther on this because he was the one and and as history would tell it that that he began to read the bible and the bible became alive to him and again at this time this was not normal this wasn't normal. The, the Bible being read wasn't was the, the 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 it wasn't something that the that the layperson did. It wasn't something that that just the oh you you peasant people sitting in the pews would do. It wasn't about, it wasn't about that. But this person began to read the Bible and all of a sudden began to see something in did and began to see, oh my goodness, there are truths here. There are truths here that I'm not seeing played out in this. And I, and I, and, I, and I, we need to talk about this. And so in 1517, the story goes down that he writes these, I think it was like 95 thesis statements, and basically takes it and nails it on the door of the Wittenberg Church, and he nails this paper. It was like posting on Facebook back then, right? He takes it and he posts it on the wall, the original post on the wall. And again, he, all these things are written out, and basically they were written out as a discussion. Hey, we need to talk about this. This is what I see what the Bible says, but this is what you're saying. Tell me I'm wrong in this, All right? I'm giving you this church history because you're you're reaping some of of this. Okay? You need to know this. Like you need to know that this is some where this stuff came from. And we would look back at that time frame and we would say, Oh, yeah, it was a pushback. It was a pushback against the Catholic Church. No, it wasn't a pushback against the Catholic Church. It was a pushback against the spirit, this wicked spirit that tries to get into men all the time. And I want you to go to Romans and just so you understand this, that this could have, been the, the, it could have been the Catholic church. It could have been any church of the day. But I want you to see this. In Romans chapter 12, starting in verse one, it says this. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. How do you have your mind renewed? Through what? Through the word of God. All of a sudden there, there is this, uh, I, the only way I am renewed is going to be through this. Where did I leave off? But be transformed in the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. Are you beginning to see the statement here is that this is a personal thing. This is something for you. But then it says this, "For for by the grace given me I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment, in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. You have to understand something. The pushback was not against the the constructs of the Catholic Church of the day. The pushback was against the constructs that works into men when men begin to think more highly of themselves. You have to understand something that Jesus dealt with this prior to Martin Luther ever nailing something on a wall He dealt with this when he showed up and began to deal with Pharisees and Sadducees who had who had done what they had done, where they wanted to stand between if this is God and the relationship with God. Men always want to. The spirit, the enemy, is so elegant, and he uses, he uses our sin nature to puff us up into self-righteousness. And men will always attempt to try to stand in between other men and getting to God and to say, you gotta go through me to get to that. That's not a Catholic problem. That's a man problem. Do you hear what I just said? And so the pushback here was not, against the, it was not against the construct of the Catholic church. It was a pushback of going, wait a second, I'm seeing something in the word of God here, and the word of God, what I'm seeing the church act out doesn't line up with this. I'm seeing men attempting to step in the place and go, you can't get to this unless you do this. And when I see the word and when he begins to see the word, just like so many before him and so many after him begin to see the word and go, wait a second, this is something is off. And so, so I, let's just do this. Are, are you with me okay on this? Listen, I, I want to go through just some things that, that the Reformation, some of the main points that he was like, this is what we need to know. And the reason we're going to lay these out is because of what I'm fearful of is that we say, we say that we are all now free into these things. But one of, the, one of the scariest things of freedom, one of the worst things that can ever happen in freedom is to not partake in the very thing that I've been set free to, and been given. Does that make sense? It's kind of like in our democracy, right? You're free to vote. Like on, when is it, Tuesday or Wednesday? Is it Tuesday. I know I'm going to show up late. I'm going to be like, is there, are we still here? Now the lines might still be going until Wednesday. It could. Who knows how that's going to go down. But on Tuesday, we've all been given the freedom to participate into something, right? Like you, how many of you have that freedom? But the thing about freedom, the terrifying thing about freedom is this. You also have the right and the freedom to not participate. And that's scary. That's scary. And so that's what I want us to see today. I want to see where where man is pushed back or where man's tried to position himself and then the word pushes back and then I want to make sure that we're protected and we're not going back to something or we say we're free from something but we're not actually in it. Can we walk this road out for a little bit? Okay, so let's just look at a couple of things here. A couple of things that when... When Martin Luther and the guys of his time began to dig into and they began to see, there, there were a couple of things that, that, that they kind of had a revelation. And I could, like I said, there were like 95 things. But I want to just deal with some of the big ones. Number one, the Bible was basically given back to the people. You have to understand something. You know how you've heard me talk uh, and, and preach for the last 13 years about the haves and the have-nots? Martin Luther was one of the, one of the ones that basically stood there and went, why do they have and we have not yet the bible says we can have this is the beginning of the tearing down of the haves and the have nots and one of the things that was given and one of the things that they went after was we got wait 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 a second i can read this i can read this for myself I don't have to go to a building where somebody is reading this in somebody else's language that I don't even know and don't understand, and it's only for them? Wait a second. Martin Luther was like, wait a second, guys. Why can't we translate this into our own language? Why can't we translate? So you have to understand that. He translated it into German. Why? So that those guys that read German could read the word. Because the Bible says this, and I want you to just go there. We're just going to run down some things here. Go to 2 Timothy uh, chapter 3, 16 and 17. Are you there? Come on, pick up the pace. Pick it up. You could tell I've had an extra hour of sleep. Yeah, deal with that. Yep. Can I be honest with you? In all the years uh, of daylight saving, I have never gotten an extra hour of sleep because my brain just doesn't work like that. If I have an extra hour, if, when the clock goes back, all I do is just go, oh, it's one o'clock in the morning again. I can stay up longer. That's literally what my brain does. I have never gotten to take advantage of that extra hour of sleep ever. I just go back and, and I'm like, oh, more time, more time to think about useless things, Right? But 2 Timothy says this, that all Scripture, listen, all Scripture is God-breathed. And none of this stuff that I do believe that you're going to go, wait, I didn't know that. I think all of us are going to go, yeah, I believe that. It says all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training, and righteous, so that the servant of God, how many of you are servants of God? Careful, he heard that. May be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So, And I'm going to say this wrong. Sola Scriptura. Chris, did I say that right? Did I nail that? Sola Scriptura. I think that's right. It's the belief that the Bible contains everything that we need to know in order to be reconciled to God and, and, and walk in his righteousness. See, you have to understand something here. See, because men will always think more highly of themselves, they will always try to take this and go and hold it back and go, I have the keys to the kingdom, and if you want to get into the kingdom, you have to come through me. Yet the Bible declares to us, and what Martin Luther said, he goes, man, wait a second, this is for all of us. I'm a servant of God, and if the Bible says that it's good for correcting and teaching and rebuking and equipping me, a servant of God, this has got, if it's for me, then it's got to be for Sonia, and if it's for Sonia, it's got to be for Elijah. Are you following me on this? So we've got to make a way for everybody to have access to this. This has got to go from the haves and get to the have-nots so that they can know what they have. In fact, it affected somebody so much. Have you ever heard of a name of William Tyndale? Tyndale, I, say, I always say his name wrong. Is that, have you ever heard that name? The Tyndale Bible? It was one of the first Bibles that was ever translated uh, into English. He translated it into English, right? In fact, he was, actually, he was actually killed because of it. He was actually killed because of it, right? So there was, there was a price to pay the fact that you have this sitting in your lap. In a language that you can read. Somebody paid the price for it because they realized, they realized, wait a second, this is for everybody. This is for everybody. It was interesting. He actually said, I think there's a quote that, uh, I think William Tyndale, he actually said the quote. He said, if, if, if God grants me another day, if God grants me another day, then the, then the plowboy will know more than the church itself. That's what he'll spend his day on. Like, that was his, that was his desire. Like, he, he, he was like, you know what? I want the commoner, I want the, the commoner to know more of the word than the church itself. And I'm gonna fight that fight because I see what it says in 2 Timothy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna chase that down because it's worth it. Come on now, these are truths that we're taking advantage of, but we're going somewhere with this. Don't, don't check out on me, okay? Number two, Number 2 this is a big one this was a big one the priesthood of the believer have you ever heard that the priesthood of the believer meaning this meaning that you yes you now are the priest in your relationship that you no longer that you no longer have to go through somebody to get to something that God did something miraculous through the, through, through the death of his son. He broke down the veil and the, and the separation between the righteous and the unrighteous. And said, now, they now can become. They now come. They don't have to go to a priest. You have to even think. Think about the old days when there was blood and sacrifices no more of that. You come before me. You are now the priesthood of the believer. You have the right to come before me and repent for yourself, to take ownership of your brokenness and go before me and gain it righteousness on your own. I want you to see this. And this is, this is some of the passages that they look to uh, in 1 Peter chapter 2. Come on, get there. 1 Peter chapter 2, starting in verse 5. It says this. It's just you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ, meaning you now, you have the right. You stand in the place that once was only held by the select few. You stand in the right of your own life to stand and offer praises to God. To offer sacrifices, what? A living sacrifice. I can offer you a living sacrifice of my life. Like this is my walk. Are you tracking me on this? Like this is, is, again, he's not pushing back and going, I just don't like this whole Catholic thing, and I don't dig the robes. Right? He was not pushing back against, he's not going off on a dress code. He's going off on a spirit that men have thought more highly of themselves and have tried to stood in between that which is given a free road and saying, You got to come through me. So he says, We got to get the word back into the hands of the people. We got to get the people to understand that they are the priesthood of their own self and that they can stand. They can stand and give thanks to God before God. A broken man, yes, a broken man can stand before God and give sacrifices, living sacrifices, and repent. A broken man can go before God and not need somebody else to seek out repentance for him, but he can have it for himself. He can have forgiveness for himself. Like, that's good news. These are the things that we've been given. This is in our church DNA. DNA. This is, whether you believe it or not, this has affected you. Also says this in 1 Timothy, we'll just go there. 1 Timothy chapter 2 says this, For there is one God and one mediator between God and mankind, the the man Christ Jesus. You have to understand, these guys got together and they went, wait a second, wait a second. Why do I got to go to Bill to talk to God? when the Bible says, I got Jesus, I mean, Bill's a great guy, right? I mean, he means well, but why do I got to go to Bill? Why do I got to go to him when the Bible says there's but one mediator that stands between mankind and the the creator of the universe, and his name is Jesus, and Jesus gave himself for for me to have him. Are you following me, what they're pushing back against? Like this is what we gained in this. This is, this is what you, this is what Freedom Church, we walk in these beliefs because of what went down here. Are you following me on this? Number three, what else did it give us? Oh, it gave us, it pushed back against the whole thing that we do not earn salvation through our works. Oh, that's a big one, man. Man, when men are manipulated, and when men think more highly of themselves, what they will always do to other men from a self-righteous stance is to put on them things that they will have to earn. Things that they will have to do to earn what yet the Bible says is freely given. It says this here. It says this in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. It says this. For it is by grace you have been saved. Through what? Faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that nobody can boast. Romans chapter 1, verse 16 and 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew and then to the Gentiles. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith from first to last. Just as it is written is the righteous will live by faith. See, there was a pushback here because when men think more highly of themselves, they will always stand in a self-righteous place. And if I stand in a self-righteous place and I look at Ryan, I can always put him in a position. We'll go, if you want to be in my position, you got to do this, this, and this. Earn it. And what's weird is What's weird is, is we kind of like that, right? Because it's like, okay, well, I can just, just do those steps. I can just do that to get there. Are you following me on this? And so, so you see this again. Do you hear me? Please, please answer me this, because I need you to know my heart. Do you hear me? I'm not going against the church, uh, the Catholic church right now. There is a spirit that has always tried to creep into man, always tried to creep into men, always and this is what pushes back. the bio, Our opinions don't push back. The word of God does. And that's all they did. They got over the word and they went, wait. But it says this. Prove me otherwise. The last thing is this. And then we're going to go somewhere. It says this. It says we have, they, <laughs> what they realized when they began to look at it, they began to realize that we have freedom from traditions of man that have weighted down and did not free up. Meaning, when men think more highly of themselves, what begins to happen is, well, we do it this way, and this is the right way, right? This is how it's done. This is how we do it. If you want to get in, you do it this way. If you wanna to get to that, you gotta do this. And we don't do it like that, we do it like this. And we don't look like that when we do it, we look like this when we do it. And we don't sound like this when we do it, we sound like this when we do it. Right. Men will always, men when we think more highly of ourselves, will always get to a place where we fall in love with the traditions more than the, ones that, more than the one that traditions are pointing to. You follow me on this? And yet the Bible says this, and I could grab like a thousand different verses to lay the foundation for this, but the reality, it says this in Matthew chapter 11, verse 29 and 30, it says, "Take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I am gentle, I am humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy, and my burden is light." Yet when people came to the church at this time, what they were finding is, is broken people were coming into the building and having more. Things added to them that burden them even more than them just living their lives. They were given the traditions of man, and we do this and we sing this song, and oh, we don't sing that song, and we lift our hands like this, and we don't do that, and we definitely do this, and your hair's too long, or your hair's too short, or that that skirt's too short, or that skirt's too long, and, and why is he even wearing a skirt, right? I mean, all those kind of things, right? Man, problems with everything. It's always this, it's gotta be this, and it's gotta be that. Why? Because we we love our traditions, yet Jesus says, wait a second, you come to me, and I don't add to your burden, I remove from your burden. Now, why? Because every single one of you in this room, every single one of you in this room, every one of us, I genuinely believe this, if you've been at Freedom Church long enough, would be able to go, you know what, Maybe in the, not this way, maybe not this order, but I believe that if I just began to lay these things out, all of us would say, yeah, I believe that. Yeah, I walk in that. Yeah, I, I, I totally believe that. I believe the Bible is for everything. I believe in the priesthood of the believers. I believe that I shouldn't be bound by tra- the traditions of man, but I, I just want the things of God. Like all of those things, I, like I, I, I know all of those things. I get that, but here's a problem, and this is my fear. My fear is, is that we could state with our mouth that we are a reformed church, that we are set free from the bondages of man, that we are set free from this scheme of, I don't have to go through somebody. I I can get it myself. I can have the Bible for myself. I can read it for myself. I can have all of those things. I state that I have the freedom to do that, but it's like on Tuesday, I I have the freedom to vote, but I show up to the line and the line's too long and I go, eh, maybe next time. Meh, maybe next time. And my fear is this, is that if we don't know our history, if we don't know our family DNA, if we don't know our history and the mistakes we've made as people, then we are just destined to do what? Repeat them. We are just destined to do the same thing. Now, I want to say this. I'm going to be honest with you. Prior to the Reformation and prior to people prior to people pushing back against this, There, there's, there's actually, it's actually easier to walk this plan out than to walk it the the other way out, the the way that Martin Luther would say, it's much easier, and let me, let me point that out to you, Uh, because here's the thing, if I, if I walk it out prior to the Reformation, then it's, really, it's not my problem, they're my priest, right, they're, it's their job to seek out his will for me, that's their job, it's not my job, right, I, I, you know what? I don't understand this whole thing called sin. I just know I gotta do a couple of things that gets me out of it. So I don't even need to know the depth of sin. I don't even need to know the cost of it. Just tell me what to do. Give me the couple of things that gets me out of it. That's all I care about. Man, that's easy, right? My, law, my walk in lordship is the responsibility of leadership and not my own. Think about that. Man, prior to this, it was it was it was some uh, some other man, some other person in leadership, that it it was their job to keep you on the straight and narrow, right? Boy, that's I, I have to be honest with you. I'm kind of I'm kind of a little upset that he ever nailed that thing to the wall. Cause this would have been much easier to walk it out like this. What else would have been easier? Oh, I I, I don't know. How about how about I I, I have no duty but to submit to whatever they feel is good enough, though God may be calling me to more. Man, if the church says it's, I only got to do this, well, then I'll just do that. But what if I feel like God is telling me to do more? Well, I ain't doing that. It's just easier to just follow the traditions of man, even if I know God is calling me to do more. (laughs) The traditions of the house and and my ability to copy them and participate in them will be greater value and will override my need for a true relationship with my savior. Well, it, wouldn't it just be easier to just figure out what the traditions of the house are? Wouldn't it be easier to just figure out what the traditions of the house are and just do those things? Like, no, I mean, think about that. Like that's much easier than lordship. Just tell me what we do. Do we lift our hands here? Yeah, okay, well, I'll lift my hands. Do we close our eyes when we pray? Yeah, we do that. Okay, I'm going to do that. Do we make a weird face like something smells when we worship? Mm. Yeah, we do that. Okay, I'll do that too. I don't know why I do it, but I do it. Right? Do we wave a flag? Well, we're not into flags, but if we did, okay, give me a flag. Right? Do we run around the building? No, no, follow me on this because we look at this and we go, that's freedom, right? Oh, do we run around the building? Okay, fine, I'll run around the building. Do we come forward and altar calls and and weep at altars? Yeah, okay, well then I'll I'll do that too. It's so much easier to follow the traditions of man than to actually walk in lordship. It is. Just tell me what the things in the house that we do, I'll do those things, and if that gets me in, that's easier for me to do that. See, my fear is this, and why we begin to walk down this road today (laughs) Why we began to walk down this road today is because I I genuinely believe that we might be on the, the verge of needing another reformation, and not from a church or an organization, or let's go after the Baptist this time, right? I mean, I want to go nail something on the Baptist wall, or let's go after the Methodists, right? They only sprinkle, right? They don't even dunk people, right? Let's go after them. Let's go after the sprinklers, right? Come on, that'll be fun. I think we can take them, right? huh? What's the average age of the Lutheran church? Let's, 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 let's do that first. Let's, let's find out what the average age is. We'll, well, spry, young, charismatic, bubbling over. We'll go after them, right? We don't want to go after like people that are like in shape, right? I'm just saying. No, no, let's, like, yeah, let's, let's go after that. Let's, let's go after that. No, no, I'm not talking about going after, uh, after a religious organization. I'm talking about it might be time for us to have a reformation of the heart, It might might be time like Luther got into the Word and saw something and nailed something on the wall. It might be time again that even in a Reformed church, believing in the priesthood of the believers, the, the, the forgiveness of sin, that the Bible is ours, that we believe all of that stuff, yet we are not participating in it. What do you mean we're not participating in it? Is it possible that we could have gotten to a place where we put the Bible back into the hands of the few only to be taught on Sunday or by our favorite teacher? You don't think that we're in jeopardy of that? You don't think that we're in jeopardy of not chasing down the word of God for ourselves? Why? Because we have a favorite teacher. We really like to listen to how Beth Moore teaches it or how Kenneth Copeland teaches it, or Tony Evans teaches it, or Matt Chandler teaches it, or whoever your favorite person is, you don't chase the word of God down on our own. We don't even crack into it. Why? Because it ain't our job. It's their job. And oh, no, 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 no. We're charismatic and, I, and they teach about the things of the spirit, so I must be fine. No, you've gone back to Reformation days. You've given the word of God back to the few and taken it from yourself. You've given over ownership to the teachers of the day and dismissed your own calling to chase down the word of God. That's that's alive, that's active, that's good for teaching and rebuking and equipping. Who, just the man of God or the woman of God that's on a stage or has a TV program or that you really like because they're funny? No, but for the servant of God that I saw your hands go up, that's you. But if we're not chasing down the word of God for ourselves, then we are no different than those that we think that are bound up in some religious organization that only teaches that that they're the only ones that get it. Do you see that? Do you realize we could literally think we are so free and because I'm not wearing a robe, you think you're good and I think I'm good. And all the reality is, is we could all just be in the same place. We've just, it's that symbiotic relationship. No, 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 pastor, you take it. No, 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 you man of God, you take the word of God, and I'll just sit, I'll just sit and listen. Oh, it's so, and I'll listen a lot. I'll listen to your podcast, I'll listen to all your teachings, I'll buy your tape series, I'll buy your CDs, I'll come to your conferences. Oh, I love what you hear, I love to sit and just to listen to you teach. That is not the experience of the child of God. The Bible is yours, and if you're not chasing down, then you have willingly, you have willingly turned it back over to the few but it is for us what else are you still with me on this huh where we is this possible where we where we overemphasize our pastors and our leaders and their personalities setting them in between us and our personal savior is it possible that maybe the cares, oh, the baby the charismatics and the Pentecost, even the Baptists now, man? First of all, you don't even know if it's a Baptist church. They just took the word Baptist off and now it's all like crossroads and and victory and, and red this and blue that. Like it's all like we don't know who it is, but we know you're just a Baptist church with a cool website. We know. We know <laughs> No, but it's not just common to, it's not just the charismatic that are chasing after personalities. There are personalities in every church, in every denomination, right? Yeah. Man, have you heard the latest message from this guy? Have you heard the latest message from this guy? Oh, I listen to this. Oh, you don't listen to this? Oh, how could you even be making it to heaven? Oh, are you follow me on this? And you sit there and go, well, well, that's his fault. That's her fault. She's the one that's elevated themselves. No, no, no. It took a symbiotic relationship of the people going, I'm going to elevate you over. I'm going to think more highly of you than I should. Are you following me on this? And all of a sudden, in my charismatic free church, I, I, I have done nothing, I've done nothing but turn that man of God with a great personality into nothing but my priest. I've turned him into my priest. Because if he doesn't say it, well, then it ain't real. And if he and she doesn't say it, then it ain't good. And if I didn't hear it on that tape series or that CD, then it ain't real. Where we've bought into the idea that justification and validation are only by your acts of service and the amount of money that you have been given and the amount of money you give to an organization. You don't think that we don't need a reformation in that? And there are churches right now that literally, like, it, it's, well, how much have you given? How much have you served? That, that's the way in. That, that's what we do. Like, if you really want to earn this thing, I know that we, I know that we gave you that free ride when we offered that, that, that salvation moment, come on down, pray this prayer, and that felt free. I know that felt free and we didn't charge you for that. In fact, we probably even gave you a little book and a handout and called you three days later. Like, I know all of that, but now it's time to pay the piper. Get into that nursery, go clean that toilet. Let me see your giving records. Let me see what you're doing. Are you even doing anything? You you don't think we need a reformation? You don't think that we're able to fall into that? And what's funny is, is a lot of our personalities, we like that. We would rather work for something than not. We don't understand free gifts. No, we don't. Have you ever had somebody try to give you something for free and it takes you so aback that you don't even know what to do with it? Somebody just walks up to you and goes, hey, here you go, here you go, and you're like, what's the catch? I don't want to do it. Who are you? What are you trying to do? I'm not giving you my email, right? It's amazing. We don't even know how to do that. We don't even know how to comprehend it. But yet somebody goes, if you want to work for this, we're like, okay, I'm in. You, you don't think that we don't need a reformation of our hearts? But I gave in that offering. Go check the bucket. My name's on one of those checks. Go check the online giving. Oh, I gave. I'm in. I'm validated. No, that's, that's totally against what the Bible says. La- last thing, I'm just going to give us this, and this is all just a bunch of questions. Were our preferred traditions and style and song are more important than the one we follow? <laughs> One of the funniest things that I always hear is when I hear people say things like, well, it's not church unless it's like this. It's not church unless it looked like that. It's not a real church service unless this took place. How many of you have preferences on church services? No, no, raise your hand. You like things in this order. We like this to happen. (laughs) And how did that come about? That came about because you were probably raised in something, so you got a bias towards something, right? You got this is what you were used to. And so what happens in human nature is for us to go, okay, that's what I like. And then we're exposed to something that's not like that, yet the same Jesus is being taught in that. And what happens is is if we're not careful, our heart pushes back and goes, Mm, that's not traditions we do, and that's off. Do you understand something right now, that right now that Jesus Christ is being taught in a Methodist church somewhere, that Jesus Christ is being taught in a Baptist church somewhere, that Jesus Christ is actually being taught in a cathedral somewhere, do you realize that there is a Lutheran church right now where they are showing and they are pointing the way to Jesus Christ as the only way to God right now, like that's happening? And I guarantee you that if you went in and sat in any of those services, they would look completely different than this. And if we're not careful... We can fall in love with what this looks like, and elevate the traditions of even Freedom Church, and fall in love with, "Oh, I like these songs, and I like them in this order." And I, if we do something out of order, then I don't like that. And I fall in love with the traditions of man more so than the why we're here. Guys, I'm fearful. I'm, I'm fearful, and I'm fearful not for you. I'm fearful for myself. I'm fearful for myself. I'm fearful that, that, that I stand in the same place as, as those people that, that Martin Luther was pushing back against. Like I'm fearful that I'm standing in the same platform, that I, that, I, that I run the risk of being that same guy, that somebody needs to come and nail something on the door of my heart and go, but do you really, you say this, but this isn't lining up. There needs to be a reformation of our heart. So my question is that. And and all today is, is number one, to just give you some church DNA history. How many of you didn't know any of this? That you didn't know where this came from? It's okay, we're not gonna judge you. Well, maybe a little bit. But it's good to know our church history. It's good to know where we came from, why? So we don't repeat it. So you don't ever make me into something I'm not. And so that I don't ever make myself into something I'm not holding something over you. We have to know this. It's the protection of the community. We all have to know that Jeff is the priesthood of his life, that, 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 that Ryan right now, that Ryan has access to the word of God. And, an angel, and And my prayer is that when I'm teaching this is that Ryan is going back and going, let me check that for myself. Let me go dig in that for myself and not just, oh oh, I hope he touches on that maybe next Sunday. No, I can leave and on Monday I can pick this up. I don't have to wait for Pastor Chris to call me forward and to pray a prayer over my life so that I can be forgiven from sin and have access to what this is freely given. I don't have to wait for the lights to be dim and the B3 to kick on for salvation and repentance to come. I don't have to be given permission by the man's tradition to gain what's been given freely. Do you hear what I'm saying? So this is my prayer for us today, to remind us what we say we came out of and the spirit that the word of God pushes back against. But my prayer is that we check ourselves and go, wait a second, have we walked right, have we, have we just given back? Have we just given it all back? And there's no robes. We don't have different, we have different traditions. We do things a little differently, but man, I've given all of my freedom back. I say it with my mouth, but I don't walk it out in a daily basis. Do you hear me today? Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much. Father, I do. Father, I, I, I I just selfishly, I thank you for a community that would would even, even just stay engaged while we're talking about like church history stuff and and stuff that, that just doesn't tickle their ears, where they're not just like, hey, tell me about me and how great I am, or tell me how to be a better this or a better that, that we can actually dig into your word and be protected by it. Thank you for it. I'm thankful for that type of community. I'm thankful that my family is linked to that. Father, I just thank you right now that we would check our hearts, that we would that we would look at our lives and we would say, you know what, man, do I need to have things broken off me? Am I saying things with my mouth and yet not operating in them on a daily basis? Father, let me walk in the freedom that you've given me. In Jesus' name. And you know, we're gonna do this right now because what a great time to do this. What a great time to take communion. I mean, isn't it? I mean, it's a great time to take communion. After all of a sudden we've been just, we just because what does communion do? It reprioritizes, it makes sure our rudder is pointing straight. Am I walking in this freedom? Do I, do, I, do I own the biblical experience? Do I own this thing? Do I truly follow after this the way he wants me to? Can we do this? Can we just take a moment between you and God and just go before him? Can we just go before him before we take communion today. And if you didn't get communion elements, we will grab you one. You can raise your hand and we'll get you one if you don't have one. We've got a couple of, I see that hand all the way from Shelby County right there. I see two hands. Their hands going up everywhere all across. Let's just go before God and kind of check those things. Can we do that? God, have I given over my rights to the word? Have I given over my rights to access you? Have I given over my priestly rights to somebody else? Have I fallen in love with the traditions of man over you? If so, well, the good news is Jesus' first message, repent. The kingdom of heaven is near. Man, you can do that today. We can all do that today. And you say, oh, well, if I repent, I'll be condemned. Man, you were condemned prior to repentance. Now let's go ahead and take communion, being reminded of his body that was broken for us. The sacrifice that was actually paid. The blood that was shed to give me access, to give me all of these freedoms that I state with my mouth that I walk in. Let me be reminded of those today and then act accordingly. And as we finish taking that, can we just stand to our feet? Can I just pray for us as we go? Can I I do that? Do you mind? Huh? And I'm not, please don't get it twisted. I'm I'm not saying you can't pray for yourself. I'm not, but I'm just, I just wanna pray for you, okay? Don't. I just get done literally teaching on all of the reformation and I'm like, let me pray for you. You have (laughs) nots. We're not a perfect church. Come on, let's just lift our hands. I just wanna pray for us as a community. Father, I thank you so much. Father, I thank you that we are well-rested in your hand, that we are well-protected, we are well-safe in your hand. Father, I thank you that you have dealt with us on many angles today and that we would repent and act accordingly when your spirit begins to deal with us. Father, I pray that this house, this house walks in freedom that you've given us. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. Guys, have a great rest of your Sunday. Enjoy the next 30 minutes of sunlight. It's going to be great. You're going to have a good look. I can already see the moon in the sky. It's going to be a great rest of your Sunday. I love you guys. For those watching online, have a great rest of your Sunday. We love you. Love you, Freedom Church. Thanks for joining us. If you would like prayer, you can text Freedom Prayer to 9400 and send us your prayer request. And don't forget to find us on social media at Freedom Church STL. You can also find more info on our website at freedomchurchstl.com.